Hey icons, welcome to the Becoming Iconic podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel, and I am so excited over the next month to really sink into how to bring more joy and love and harmony into your life and home through the holiday season. I'm going to give you tactical tips and suggestions that you can apply into your life right away that will really allow more laughter, more joy, more excitement and pleasure through this holiday season. And I will say that all of this can be applied day in and day out. So let's open up a fresh new year, 2021, with a new perspective, a heart that is wide open and that we are constantly looking for all the miracles and little joys in our everyday life. Thank you so much for being here. Hey icons, welcome to today's podcast with Shabby Dassey. I just love saying that name. And she is a celebrity makeup artist, my friend. Something different and unique, but so special for us to talk about today. She's worked on celebrities such as Steven Tyler, Gene Simmons, Drake. What? And you've done makeup for the Junos, the Social, Dragon's Den. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Shabby's also always on TV. I feel like every time I go to your social media, I'm seeing a clip of you giving tricks from TV, which is just so nice to see a woman entrepreneur spreading her wings and really zoning into the thing that she was meant to do. And Shabby, I'm just so grateful you're here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for that intro. It's phenomenal. I just like, oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Well, you're lovely. You're lovely. And we share a mutual friend. So that's how we got to meet through Cindy DePlantis. Oh my God. How much do you love her? Words can't describe. Like she's absolutely a gem and everybody needs a Cindy DePlantis in their life. (laughs) They do. She's been a dear friend for a long time and someone that can make you laugh and make you think deeply and all the things all at once. She's just a gift. And so I'm so grateful she introduced us to each other. And I think it was when the both of you were working behind the scenes on the Dragon's Den and I said, oh, I got to have Shabby on because one of the things I really want to do in this podcast is empower women to stand up in their inner and outer beauty. And I know I am not alone when it comes to feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing with my makeup. So this is such a treat to have somebody at your caliber with your expertise on here to pour into us. So thank you. Absolutely. So let's get to know you. I'd love okay. to get to know you. I'd love to hear your story. Talk about your upbringing and all the things. I don't have the usual story when it comes to what I do for a living. So my love for beauty started in high school where most people, okay, like women get into makeup and what have you, but I was definitely the kid in like the sixth grade where I would steal my mom's makeup and do it in the bathroom at school. And I look back at some of the photos and now I know why my parents did not want me to wear that. So my love of the beauty industry started in around there. My family, my sister started in hair. She was a hairdresser, uh, hairstylist. And I thought that was going to be the path that I was going to follow. So I actually went to a tech high school. So I went to an academic high school and as a creative, that didn't really work out. I was met with a lot of friction and it was really difficult as a creative person. I found that I was always made to feel like I wasn't good enough, even in school, because I really did suffer academically. And it was a wonderful teacher of mine who had said to me once, the thing is, is that you're just different. 
He's like, you might not be able to sit in the class and do what we tell you to do. He's like, but I speak four languages. So he was like, you speak four languages and you always find a way out of things. <laughs> he was like, he was like, you're a different kind of smart. He's like, you're the one that's really going to succeed. And it was almost that inspiration that made me think, okay, maybe this isn't my path. So I ended up transferring I know it sounds silly, like in high school. And I went to something that was more hands-on and I had a class called cosmetology and man, I went from a below average student to, I could run this class and it just felt right. So I started in hair. I thought I was going to be, you know, a top stylist. And as I started to work and do like apprenticeships and stuff, it became very clear that my strength was actually in makeup. So I would do competitions and I wouldn't do so great in hair. I would do okay, (laughs) but I did much better on the makeup or the overall look aspect. So I decided, you know, this is something I want to pursue. I took a few little classes here and there, did some online stuff. I worked alongside a makeup artist that my sister was dear friends with who ended up being Shania Twain's makeup artist. So I was, yeah, I was very lucky to be under somebody's wing that, was really in the industry, a big name in Canadian, you know, um, music. So I decided that that was going to be my path. And then I fell in love with MAC Cosmetics. So that's where I really got my start in the makeup industry. I was that, again, that teenager that used to go save up all my money and go hang out at the MAC counter. I was a pest. Like I was an absolute pest. Whatever they said I needed, I bought. I mean, they had me wearing purple and black lipstick. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I was devoted and I got my shot. I got an interview again, absolutely a pest. Like I knew if I was going to work anywhere in terms of the makeup industry, it was going to be Mac cosmetics. I was 20 maybe. And it was the early 2000s, 2000, I got hired and I didn't let them forget me. I kept showing up and handing in a resume and I just knew that it was something I had to do. So I got, you know, my interview and it went very well and they offered me the job and I was absolutely floored. And I knew that was my opportunity. I knew that I was in the right place at the right time. And this was like my future. I was lucky enough to work with Mac for 13 years. In that moment, I was able to kind of spread my wings as an artist. The company itself was phenomenal in supporting me, in supporting their artists, teaching us so much about the industry. And I was an employee there at Mac, but an artist, like they made it very, very clear that you were here because of your artistry, your skill. And in a way we were the cool kids. It was the forefront of that makeup movement. So it was so wonderful to be a part of something like that. And again, as I mentioned, I was able to accomplish a lot of things in my career. I worked on many fashion shows, which was wonderful. Being backstage at like an Oscar de la Renta show here in Toronto was mind blowing. Like it's just so exciting. It doesn't matter what you're really, if it's a, you know, nude lipstick, you just feel like you're part of the design house. Like you're Oscar de la Renta yourself. It's such a fantastic feeling. And then I've had the opportunity to do makeup at the Junos. Again, I'm a Canadian through and through, born and raised. So walking into the Junos and being backstage, I love music. I was floored. I was absolutely excited. That was the opportunity that I had to work with Drake and do his makeup. And it was exciting. So he had two makeup artists assigned to him and I was one of them. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It really was. And uh, through Mac, I was able to go to the 2010 Olympics. I was chosen. 
the company decided now that it was in Vancouver, they were like, we'd like to choose somebody from basically every region in Canada and send one of the chosen artists to work at the Olympics. So my love and passion of makeup was met with a career that ended up bringing me so many amazing opportunities. I don't know if I would have ever had the opportunity to attend the Olympics, but through my passion of makeup and my career, I was standing in this arena being the key makeup artist to one of the sections of the closing game. And they're like, we'd like you to create the look. And you're standing there and they're like, here is 10 artists from around the world. There was somebody from South Africa, Brazil, China. There was different artists and some didn't speak English. And they're like, Shabby, this is your team. And we'd like for you to create a look and execute it with the team. It was a phenomenal experience. So I have such a wonderful, warm spot in my heart for Mac. I've done so many wonderful things with them. Absolutely. That's that's the, the beginning of my career, really. Wow. And you know what the common theme is for you is you have these mentors that were sort of dripped into your life that said the right thing to you and looked you in your eyes and saw you. And I know as a young girl, that must feel so special because I think so often we feel invisible or trying to float through life and just fit in. So to have someone see you and recognize your skill and your capabilities must have been, well, I mean, look at you. It was, it was a pivotal moment for sure. And then even in Mac having, you know, people believe in you and letting you spread your wings into the creativity and artistry that was your passion. It's just so nice to hear this story and see people see you because I honestly believe that is a huge benefit to somebody's journey is having people mentor them. Absolutely. When you have such a passion and it's met with guidance, mm-hmm. you know, it can be life-changing. Each and every crossroads, I was lucky enough to look at the message given to me by whichever mentor. And sometimes they were people that just came into my life for a fleeting moment and conversations that stuck out to me. And I remember thinking consistency and passion can really change my path. And I just kind of knew that regardless of what it was that came from my passion for makeup, it brought me joy and I loved it. So it's that sounds cliche. And I know like I do that because when you do what you love, it absolutely comes. It just naturally works out. You know, there have been times that I've looked back and I've been like, wow, what? that was a really good year. You know, financially, I really did that. I'm so proud of myself. And then there's been times that you're like, oh, so that didn't go so well. (laughs) You're like, that was a tough year. But Mm -hmm. in reality, all of it works out when you love what you do, when you're doing it from a place of joy, it kind of doesn't matter because it just works out. You end up looking back and you go, you know, I've been following my joy and this has really, really worked out for me. This is a funny one because I'm like, I'd rather be kind of like, you know, financially strained and happy because I'm doing things that is joyful rather than get up and be miserable and go to, let's say a job I don't like, you know? Mm -hmm. I know. And another thing too, where I'd love just to point this out, I'm sure you know this about yourself, but I also see that you are so persistent. It's a characteristic of successful people. You don't take no for an answer. You work through the hurdles. And even with Mac, you kept showing up and you were like that pleasantly persistent person where they finally paid attention. I know so many women in particular stop right before the breakthrough. Like they're inches away from that breakthrough and they quit on themselves because they got a no or somebody shut a door. I hope people picked up that in your story of how persistent you were as well. To be honest with you, thank you for that because 
I feel like it's so difficult at times. And listen, I've wanted to give up. There has been times where I have been ready to throw in the towel and I actually start to Google like other careers. Like, what could I do? You know, there really has been times. There has been times where I felt like somebody may have moved forward over me that whether or not I thought it was fair, justified, they were the right person for the job. It doesn't matter. But, you know, as women, we internalize that as in we weren't enough. Or, you know, we got the no because that person's better or we didn't do what we needed to do, or I'm just not good at this anymore. And listen, there have been times that it's gotten the best of me, but I always tell myself, you know, at the end of the day, when I want something, it's up to me to get it. You know, it's up to me. Again, the persistence has really been because of passion. The passion is really what drives me. I say it all the time. I'm great at what I do. I know that. I know I have the skill level. Am I the best makeup artist in the world? No, but I'm going to tell you, I will bring 110% every single time. So am I the best in the entire world? No, but I believe in myself and I know my skill is there and I will always show up 110% for whatever it is that I do. Ooh, who is ready for the most prosperous and abundant year ahead? Can I get an amen? Because 2020 was wild, wasn't it? But here's what I do know about 2020. It really did create some clarity for us. It grounded us in what we want and who we want to be. And it also gave us some really valuable lessons that now, if we take all of these things and apply into 2021, we will create that life and business of our dreams. Welcome to the Iconic Entrepreneur. This new program of mine is so juicy and good, and I am so proud of it because it is simply a hybrid of incredible experiences for a year together, and it will create six-figure businesses. So if you are someone right now that's feeling overwhelm, uncertainty, you're feeling stagnant, but at the same time, there's this burn in your belly that you know you have the idea, the business that can hit six figures in 2021, this was designed for you. It is a hybrid of one-on-one coaching monthly where we sit in strategy and we really start to develop your skills and your gifts to make that massive impact that you deserve to have. Secondly, we have a monthly mastermind. This monthly mastermind is about creating camaraderie to build your network and to have like-minded individuals helping to promote what in fact it is you do and how you serve. It really will create a community of sisterhood. And lastly, this exceptional experience of being a live audience on the Becoming Iconic podcast where you can rub shoulders and sit with these epic guests and ask them questions and ask for clarity and dig deeper on subjects you would like to learn more about. I wrapped all of this up in the most beautiful bow for you, and it is now open. It is literally first come, first serve. It will sell out, and I do have early bird pricing. So there's everything there in the invitation for you. It's just whether or not you are ready to step into the shoes and posture of the six-figure business owner that you know you can be. Go visit jenspiegel.com. It's right there, the application form. Fill that out, and let's connect. Let's see if this is a good fit for you and a good fit for me because I am very choosy about who gets in this program because we do spend spend a year together. This is about relationship. This is about mentorship. And this is about creating all of those dreams and desires on your heart. I look forward to working with you. 
that, and I think that's all anybody can ask. Yeah. Show up like you show up as the best shabby. So when they know they're in front of you, they're going to get the best of you. And I think that consistency allows people to really be able to trust in you and count on you. And all of these things, it's so interesting how you tell your story. I think this is the first time I've done an interview where through a story, there's all these lessons that can be applied and people could pull out because of just the characteristics, the traits that you're showing, you know, being in school and not fitting in rather than try to fit in you instead pivoted and went somewhere where you could spread your wings and lean into passion. And I just think, oh man, we need to be more courageous, more bold and brave to do these things on a regular and stay the course until. Absolutely. I've been told my entire life in different versions and different variations that I'm not supposed to be where I am. My family, you know, I'm half Persian, half Guatemalan. So uh, my mom is all, you know, my mom's like, oh, follow what you love. It's fine. And my father's like, nope, you got to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. And then for my mother, follow what you love really meant like, I hope you get a great job with an employer that treats you well. So even for my family in their head, because they're immigrants. So get a good job, get an employer that treats you well. You have something, you know, sustainable, something that is safe and I remember thinking when I told them that I wanted to be a makeup artist, they were like, wait, what? Why? How? To do what? And even in school, again, being the creative one, the academic school was like, look, you're just not cutting it. And I thought, I'm not cutting it in your world. In my world, I'm cutting it. So it really has been a way of finding like my footing and understanding that that doesn't mean a no. That just means that I'm doing what feels right to me and it's going to work out because it has to. Once I succeeded in my career, my parents were like, oh, that's what you meant. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You know, like being on TV for the first time was mind blowing for them. And they were just like, wait a minute. Now you're on television. I was like, yeah, I told you guys, like, this is what I'm going to do. Good. So good, Shabby. And I thank you for giving that example because I know parents, I know with mine too, my dad's a little bit more modern thinking, but my mom was a teacher. And so for her, it was like, you get a job and you get a pension and she still to this day doesn't really get it. And I don't mean that in a rude way. It's just, it's not her upbringing, her experience. And so it's when you got to get a job, why do you wish that for me? My favorite thing about that, when are you going to get a job is actually being an entrepreneur or working for yourself or building a brand, your own brand. There's a point where you actually work more than you thought you were going to, which is really funny. And the yeah. one thing I miss about having like regular nine to five or whatever, the only thing I miss is vacation. Like that tends to be the one thing, you know, <laughs> that was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, you're right. And so this actually leads into like a question I'm just so curious about because because I know there are women listening right now who are in a job and they have a specific passion like you did for makeup because that is so specific and yet they're not taking that leap into entrepreneurship. So I would love if you could discuss that decision-making process. What did it feel like and what made you finally take that leap to become an entrepreneur? So when that idea started floating around in my head, it was the most terrifying year of my life. I think I spoke to every single friend, anybody that would listen, anybody that could give me advice. Cause I just was so terrified. I mean, I had a great job. I had a great position. I was a manager at the pro store at Mac cosmetics at the time, which is, you know, just such a wonderful position. I had really fulfilled so many things. I was there for 13, almost 14 years. I always say it's the longest relationship I've ever had <laughs> because, you know, I was basically 
happily married to my job. I spent my 30th birthday at a manager's meeting. I got cupcakes and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm with my people. Wow. I was so committed and so involved and, 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 you know, I just thought that was kind of it. And as my career started to move forward, I realized that there was slightly a ceiling for me there. I was starting to hit that ceiling. I was getting a lot of resistance. It was really uncomfortable. For the first time, I was having an adverse reaction to my job, which I had never had. And then I still had my passion, the artistry, all of these things on the side. And I was, you know, freelancing a lot. I was trying to make my schedule work because I was doing so much outside of the company that was for myself. And I wasn't willing to give up. And I remember thinking to myself, this is really scary because my option is to stay and potentially keep smacking my head against that ceiling um, and maybe suffocate myself. I don't want to lose my passion. And right now it's starting to feel like, I don't know if I want to do this every day. Mm -hmm. Where on the side of working for myself, it felt more freeing. It looked more appealing, except I was going to have to take a 100% pay cut. Right. And I can't stress that enough. It's not like I was going to have a soft landing. Like when you're a freelancer, you know, it's kind of feast or famine. You can have a week where you're working every day and you can have an entire month where you haven't booked a single gig. So it was terrifying. And one day I woke up and I just knew it was the right thing to do. I thought, you know, as much as I love my job and my career here, I am moving further and further away from my passion. And I said, what is the biggest risk here? Okay, I lose a great position. I lose, you know, seniority, all of these things that just, I I don't know, it just didn't translate. It didn't, as I was saying it, I was like, listen to what you're saying. (laughs) You lose seniority. Okay, you know? So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, all right, I'm willing to take the risk and the chance on myself. Again, am I going to have a similar financial security? Definitely not. Worst case scenario, I jump off the cliff and I don't land easy. That's okay because I'll land and then I'll know what to do next. So if it means going back to a company, if it means going back to the drawing board and seeing like what else I can do, how else I can pivot, then that's fine because I know I love what I do and waking up with purpose has always felt the best. So getting up and going like, I don't want to go to work today has never really felt comfortable for me. It's never really worked. And yes, you know, working for yourself as you know, scary, it's really scary. You know, that the idea of like, what if you don't make it? And it's true. But then there's also that 10% that's like, but what if you do? Yes. What if you do? (laughs) What if you do make it? And we are so used to telling ourselves that we can't do things. And I understand, look, I'm afraid of heights. I really am. So, you know, I get up somewhere that starts to get high. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I always tell myself, I'm like, you can do it. You just have to do it at your own pace. So sometimes it takes me a little longer. Sometimes it takes me trying and then pulling back and then like, you know, putting a foot forward and then going, okay, I don't know. I don't know. There is sometimes a lot of fear around it, but at the end of the day, all you can do is keep trying. And like, like we were talking about, just keep showing up because at one point, it's like what I said, when you jump off the cliff at one point, you're going to land, you're going to stick the landing. Like you're going to. 
Oh, it's such good advice. So tell me, you just woke up one day and had that clarity or was that just the evolution of constantly asking questions and staying in conversation? What did that feel like? For me, it was the evolution. It really was. It was the evolution because it started to feel, like I said, there was friction on one side and it was starting to feel more and more uncomfortable in that situation. So I started to talk. I started, you know, when I got advice from friends, I got advice from, you know, uh, fellow freelance makeup artists. And again, there's, there's, I've had women in my life say things to me that they don't know that have stuck with me. Mm. Things that have like, you know, I've listened to girlfriends talk to me about their freelance careers or fellow artists say that, you know, it really wasn't for them. They're not great at scheduling or doing their own, you know, um, marketing or what have you, uh, you know, trying to chase an invoice. And then I've had others that are like, you know what, that's small compared to what you actually gain in terms of freedom. So listening to all this information and applying it to myself, you know, I was really concerned, like, you know, how you mentioned with your mom, she's a teacher, you get a job, you stick with it, you get a pension. I had made that argument with a girlfriend of mine who's a fellow artist. And I said, you know, job security. And I remember her, 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 she looked at me and she shook her head and she goes, that stopped with our parents. She goes, "There's there's no such thing. There just isn't. No. And she's like, so just don't worry about job security because at the end of the day, she's like, that's no longer a thing. You know, our parents were the ones who would be with a company for 30, 40 years. And now that's just not the case. It's not the way of the world, you know? So she, you know, her mentioning that to me, I remember thinking to myself, she's absolutely right. So why wouldn't I take a chance on myself? I've taken a chance on the company for about 13, 14 years. So right now is the time to, uh, really jump ship here and, and just try my best because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. In the first year, of course, scary, somewhat difficult. I hit a few snags. There were so many times that I was like, I can't do this. Yes. I, can't, I can't, you know, three days go by and I haven't left my house because I haven't booked a gig. And I'm like, I can't right. do this. I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to have a phone. And then as soon as I was so ready to be like, I can't, I'm done. I'm going to try to find a job. I would book something that was exciting, fabulous, something that, you know, reignited my passion. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. I can trust this process. I can do this. It turns from an, I can't to an, I can. And I think too, it's like when the student is ready and you seem to have just figured out by through lots of conversation. I love that lesson too, is having lots of conversation with people because sometimes we have the knowing inside of us. I believe that. But sometimes it needs to be pulled out by somebody asking us the right question. Like your friend saying job security, that ended. It's true. I mean, let's make our own security. And I also love how you said, I took a chance on a company. Why wouldn't I take a chance on me? And it's true. I've never really thought of it that way until you said that. You do take a risk and a chance putting all of your effort into a company that they're going to keep you, that it's going to be fulfilling, all those things. So there's risk either way. I'd rather risk on us. Yeah, either way there is. And again, it was very scary, but it was that much more fulfilling. You know, all the small little wins are definitely those moments of like, yes, (laughs) you know, I knew it. (laughs) You're like, see, okay, cool. 
I can do this. Let's do the next, you know, goal. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's pivot in. Cause I know I can't ask you like specifics cause I'm sure celebrities are like, do not talk about what goes on behind the scenes, yeah. but I got to ask because actually a few people knew I was interviewing you. And that was the number one question. Like, see if you can find any juicy bits about the celebrities. So what was it like working with celebrities? How did that feel? It's an interesting situation. Cause you are definitely the fly on the wall. And for me, yes, there's always juicy stuff going on, but Again, it's more a level of professionalism. You never want to be the makeup artist that A, shares uncomfortable stories or celebrity gossip right. because it's really not your place. Somebody has let you in into their safe space and you are touching their face and you are a part of the inner workings. Also, as lovely as things are nowadays with selfies and whatever, I don't have many because again, I have tried to make it my rule to not do that again because you never know you might ask the wrong person and it might make them uncomfortable. So the few things that I can share with you is my unraveling in certain situations. And I say unraveling when I was able to work with Donnie Wahlberg, I was trying my hardest to keep my cool. And, (laughs) you know, I wasn't keeping my cool. (laughs) I was beside myself. And the lovely thing at the time, the juicy thing is that he was having a conversation with his lovely wife and they were on FaceTime. So in my head, I was like, oh, this is almost like I'm a part of the family. (laughs) And it was just really interesting because I was, again, trying to keep my cool. And he was here for a media tour. They were shooting the show Wahlburgers. And the entire time, all I kept saying to myself was, I was a huge fan growing up. Steven Tyler was absolutely amazing working with him very briefly. It was really, really wonderful. And I was, again, beside myself. But for me, Don Wahlberg was really the, I was just like, oh my God, don't look don't look at him straight in the eyes. Don't look at him straight yeah. in the eyes. And, you know, that, that was my childhood crush. And there I'm standing there touching his face. And I was like, I, I can't look him in the eyes because he'll know how much I've loved him for so long. <laughs> <laughs> me trying to keep it. my cool and he's like how are you today and I'm like oh, okay. I'm cool okay. I'm cool you know and in my head I'm freaking out the you know 12 13 year old in me is going oh my god I just want to scream like that girl in the concert We're like ah! that's which so- by the way I've been to many of their concerts so I've been that screaming you've girl. been the girl and you've been the girl <laughs> you kept it cool I love this and you know what else I would ask because I think yeah. this would be really transferable over to anybody listening is how did it feel walking into a room where you may be intimidated by someone you may feel like they know more or it's Donnie Wahlberg and how did you present yourself I know inside it may be a hot mess but I'm sensing you have a sense of professionalism about you and so I think about people who maybe walk in a room with other entrepreneurs or a manager or something like that, what would be your advice on how to enter that room and and hold space? Number one, I always think to myself, um, I am the expert here and I was hired for a reason and a purpose. I have had many occasions where I've walked into a room and I have been um, met with uh, people that might know more, have been in the industry longer, have bigger names than me, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's a celebrity makeup artist. I mean, those things do happen. It can be jarring at times. You have to remind yourself though, that you are there for a reason. And that moment is your moment to shine at your best Mm. because that's your opportunity to show them that you 
are absolutely in the right place and this is your space. So there have been moments where I have been a bit nervous or felt like I didn't want to show my insecurity or nerves or what have you. And I just remind myself also that I can't have an ego about this. My job is to execute what is expected of me. And if that means that I have to have a conversation with the client, the celebrity, or even a fellow makeup artist that is the key of this, let's say, fashion show, and it's their vision that I'm having to um, execute, that I need to remove my ego from it because this is going to be a learning experience for me as well. And I generally will let people know, like, I have this experience. I know what I'm doing. If there's anything you would like me to know, please let me know. I'm open to your feedback because I grow from those moments. I've had moments as a makeup artist where I've been behind the scenes or backstage and I've almost been in tears. Absolutely. You don't get everything perfect every time. But as long as you know that it's just that moment and you learned from it, you know, next time how to show up for yourself Mm -hmm. in a positive way that it really, it really does change the game. Mm -hmm. It really does. Such good advice. And I do love the fact that you brought up ego because I think sometimes people associate ego with feeling like you're the best, but often ego can sneak in with feeling like, oh, what about me? How am I going to be perceived? And that is as loud of an ego as it is walking in the room going, look at me. It's so interesting how it can show up. And for me, ego has always showed up as that insecurity. What about me? What are they going to think of me? And I've had to check myself many times. I had really good advice at the beginning of the year, which reminds me of what you just said. And they said, when you walk into that room, remember people have things to learn from you too. It's not just about you learning from them. They all, you also have gifts to offer them. And that was a beautiful piece of advice I've really held on to. That is wonderful. That's really good. Mm -hmm. That is true because there, I mean, I think that's the part, you know, I've been in the makeup industry for 20 years. I've, I've been in this game a long time and I think it would be a disservice to anybody that's, you know, brand new or a seasoned, you know, artist or, you know, entrepreneur, what have you, to not think that there's both sides to this, that you can continue to learn or people are exactly that. You're able to impart some knowledge on other people. They might learn something from you. So it's a, I think that is really, really wonderful. That is great advice. Yeah, it was really good. It worked for me to enter the room with, I just always will be that person. That's a little bit, the one that will come in and kind of stoke the place out and see where everybody kind of fits and read the people. But it did um, give me a bit of posture to walk in that room going, I'm here for a reason too. And you said that I was hired. They wanted my work and letting that sink in and having that confidence going. And I think that's such a great lesson. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. So I want to hear, because you are stunning. And I mean, like I creep you on Instagram. I think this girl, I don't, you repaint it. I think you're just so beautiful. And I would love to know though. I'm going to interrupt you for two seconds. Sure. Whoever creep me on Instagram, feel free to message me at any time. Everybody and everybody. So as an artist, I always, you know, try to have my hair done and all that, but I am the biggest goofball. So if you've got, (laughs) you've got a funny meme or anything like that, like I'm your girl too. Okay. Oh, this is good. We might be BFFs now. You just say, what door did I just open with Jen? Cause now she's always in my DM. (laughs) I'm in awe of how you present yourself. I really am. And I, I look at your makeup. It's so beautifully done. Thank you. I would love to know what are your top tips for someone like me? So someone like myself, an entrepreneur who's showing up on video, getting on her Instagram every day, what would you say are top tips? 
I would say my top tips are doing things that make you feel good. Mm. I really think that's important. I use this analogy quite often when it comes to brides. I can make you look absolutely flawless and perfect. If you don't love the way you look, it's never going to translate. You're, right. you're going to look unhappy in your photos. So my top tips are skin. If you're a person that loves skincare, invest in your skincare. Skin is super important. Foundation and concealer are, to me, some of my favorite products because I just find when you have a nice, even canvas, everything looks wonderful. Even if you're just throwing on a lipstick and mascara, it just looks great. And that doesn't mean that it has to be full coverage or heavy. You really can find a product that works really well with your skin. And I am a very, very big advocate and champion of trying products. It doesn't have to have the largest price tag. There are drugstore products that are wonderful. Like it's come such a long way, different points of sale, like, like a Sephora where they have so many things to choose from. That's a great place and absolutely utilize the artist that are there because that's what they're there for. I think we tell ourselves for, I know this speaking to so many women, they feel like they should know. Yeah. They feel like they should, they should know what makeup to use that their mom, you know, taught them this one thing, this one time or a sister or a friend. It's not the case. This is my job. I'm the one who should know because I'm the expert in this. So absolutely utilize you know, the people that are there, the people, the salespeople, the artists, whether it's watching on YouTube and finding tips and tricks like that, that is absolutely it. So if you want to show up to, let's say, a Zoom meeting and you're an entrepreneur and you want to make sure that you look put together, but you necessarily, you don't necessarily want to be the one that's wearing the most makeup or, you know, bright red or what have you, uh, the best thing to do is find products that are monochromatic. So that's another great tip. Things that have similar tones because then it looks very, very natural. So they tend to look. So I always say skin and pick products that are something you can use every day, monochromatic, a favorite lipstick, and you can build from there. You can find a blush that looks great with the favorite lipstick. You can find an eyeliner. Again, mascara. I'm always trying new mascaras. So those are some of my top tips. Just make sure your skin looks great and, you know, just find a favorite like lipstick or blush, and you can kind of build from there. Mm, Good advice. That's really good advice. Okay. So what about pet peeves? You got to have some. (laughs) I do. I do. Sure. sure. Tell me. I don't want to have a pet peeve. (laughs) I actually, you know, I have pet peeves on both sides from a makeup artist point, like standpoint and, and vantage point, and also a consumer vantage point. I'll start with the makeup artist side. There have been times where I have come across uh, clients, models, other people who have told me that they have worked with artists that do not know how to do diverse skin. Ah. That to me, it just, it gets me in a spot. Like it guts me because being a minority myself, I understand people not necessarily knowing how to deal with your hair, your skin tone, what have you. But as an artist, that is our job. And not everybody has been kind of introduced to a diverse market. So I understand it. Let's say you work somewhere in a a market that really doesn't have a lot of diversity in terms of skin tones. I absolutely understand that, but it is your responsibility as an artist to teach yourself and to show up for your clients. So there are so many avenues that you can do that. I think it's super, super important. It is up to you. You have one job and that's to make the person that's in your chair feel great and look great. So that is 
my like number one pet peeve on that side. On the consumer side, it's tough because I'm also a firm believer in kind of like wear what you want. So I understand that I might not love that, you know, lipstick choice for some people, but I, I just think not being open to trying new things has to be my pet peeve on a consumer side. So having clients and or customers when I worked at the counter that just didn't trust my expertise, mm. they, you know, they were really holding on tight to that blue eyeshadow. I was just going to say the blue eyeshadow, blue eyeliner. What is it? It's, okay, so it's actually called Prime of Life because I looked into it. I'm like, I don't understand. And basically what that means when somebody's really stuck on a product, a look, a hairstyle, it means that that reminds them of a time where they felt their best in their life. Makes sense. Yeah, mind-blowing to me because I was like, I just don't get it. Has nobody told you that that blue eyeshadow isn't, and that type, because there's, you can absolutely wear blue eyeshadow. There's just different options and ways to do it now. There's a whole thing there, like the 80s. And I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm so funny. It's so funny you brought that up because that would be mine too, is like that 80s eyeshadow. And I think what too, as a woman and someone who's not an artist, you do kind of learn something and you stick to it because you think this is all I know how to do. So it's comfortable, but I love that permission to be curious and almost I'm sensing from you, like playful in your wardrobe. Absolutely. The thing about makeup that I love to share with people is that you get to choose what character you're going to be that day if you want. And it comes off at the end of the day. You can literally take a wipe. You can try something new and go, yeah, that's not for me and wipe it off and just do it again. So just give yourself the permission to have fun with it. Because, you know, right now we've been in this, we've been pushed into this, you know, trend of like contouring and highlighting. And again, that's difficult for me because I've seen it go wrong because I think it's being, you know, taught in a way that doesn't work for everybody. So it's not that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. Find what works for you. Find the product, the colors that work for you and the level because, you know, some makeup artists that might have uh, an online presence, they need to show more of the product. They need more of a wow factor. They need a little bit more of that product to show up and be present and in your face. That necessarily doesn't translate to real life. It's kind of like fashion, runway and streetwear. You get, you got to find a happy medium. So true. It's so true. And I appreciate that about you a lot because I know for me with working with entrepreneurs, most of the time when I say, why aren't you doing more video on your Instagram? Like it's so essential. I would say nine out of 10 times it comes down to, I don't know how to do my makeup or I don't like the way I look, or I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I need to learn how to be professional in my, the way I do my makeup. And I think to myself, no, I think it's about showing up and doing the best you can. And I love this playful approach of just trying different things. Yep. Yep. You know, you have such a great point there with this idea of like, I I do it to myself. It doesn't look right. It's not, you know, the lighting's not great. The background doesn't look good. It's not, you know, filmed professionally. I don't know how to edit properly. There's so many things. And I just, I found the more content that I found myself watching or things that I liked there. Yes, there was an aesthetic that I also liked, but there was also a few people and a few entrepreneurs or mompreneurs or people that I might not have been exposed to before that have a little bit more of a raw edge to them that I really connect with, you know, I I like to share that. Yes, I really love a beautiful aesthetic and I'm going to try my best, but I'm not perfect. So it's never, I'm never going to give you a perfect video because I'm just, it's, I'm not perfect. And 
the fact that I resonate so well with some of those imperfect videos or those, you know, women that are just trying to do their best and show up for themselves. And, you know, you can talk yourself out of doing it so many times. The editing, I don't, my makeup doesn't look right, but not everybody is going to feel that way. There is going to be somebody like me or somebody else that's going to see that video and think to themselves, look at, that's great. Oh, she did it. Maybe I can do it. You know, absolutely. And I think we're so hard on ourselves. What everybody wants is just for us to show up. They want to get to know us with or without makeup. I have a question though. It's sitting on me for some reason. I got to get this off my chest. Do you match your makeup to your outfit? Is that what you do? You know, you don't have to. I like to, in a sense. Um, I mean, if I'm wearing a blue shirt, again, doesn't mean that I'm going to wear blue eyeshadow, but I, I, I tend to wear things that complement that color. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a matching situation. Not really. It's almost like a Canadian tuxedo, denim on denim. If you find the right (laughs) denim tones of denim, you can wear them together. (laughs) So in a sense, it's like that. It's not necessarily matching it exactly, but you want to make sure that the tones, you know, if you're in cooler tones, chances are cooler tones in terms of makeup are just going to read better. They're going to look better. And same with warmer tones. Now, when you're wearing colors like black or white, it's kind of like carte blanche, which is great. But again, a great staple look is probably where you should start from, like having your own staple look. And then you can always try again, super. I, I love to look at makeup inspo and tell people to try it. Find something that you really like. Look at an eyeshadow that you think is just beautiful and give it a try. And give it, you never know. You might actually love it. Love it. Yeah. So where do you, where, what's going to be the future of you? What, where are you going? What's happening? Tell us what we can look forward to. If anybody knows, let me know. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So my plans for the future really is to continue doing what I'm doing. You know, I've always toyed again, back and forth with the idea of potentially having a YouTube channel. I, you know, I started one many years ago and then it felt like a, a huge commitment and I was very busy at the time. And then I thought to myself, oh my gosh, the editing and it doesn't look right. And I would want it to be spectacular and what have you. And more recently now that I have been, you know, able to focus a little bit more and be at home. I do enjoy putting together these get ready with me videos or little tips and tutorials because again, when I see, I I know it's saturated and that's another, you know, version of me telling myself I I probably shouldn't or couldn't or there's not enough space for me. But in reality, there is because um, there is a demographic of women out there that are just like me that want to have fun with their makeup, but don't want to spend 45 minutes doing it as I used to. I used to spend like 45 minutes to an hour. So I really do think that is the future for me to start putting together more tutorials, more how-tos, more tips, and just being a little bit more interactive in terms of my artistry, because I'd love to share my skill. Again, I'm the expert. You're not supposed to know. I'm supposed to know. And I'm here to help you find what makes you feel amazing. If you feel amazing, you're going to look amazing. That is the most important part to me. You need to feel good. Such good advice. And yes, cheering you on, get that YouTube video up, friend. I know that people would love that. So I'm encouraging you to do that. So where can we find you? Where can people go check you out? 
Well, you can check me out on my Instagram. So my IG handle is Shabby Dassey at Shabby Dassey. I have gone down the rabbit hole of TikTok. I haven't posted anything yet because I'm just kind of feeling, you know, I'm going, what is this new platform? Uh, so that will be coming soon. And that would be the same for my IG. And again, you can catch me on uh, CTV Morning Live Ottawa. Um I'm there like once a month, twice a month. And I do, you know, fairly re- regular segments here and there with Marilyn Dennis as well. Like the Marilyn Dennis show. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. Okay, Shabby. So how are you going to be iconic today? By sharing my wisdom is how I'm going to be iconic. It's yes. really, really it. I think today what I'm really going to do is take time for myself after this and just really kind of um, immerse myself in this amazing experience. And I'm going to make sure that I tell every single person I come in contact with today, whatever their question is, that they can do it. Yes. Oh, I love this. I love this. That is iconic. It's sharing of information, the sharing of knowledge, the sharing of passion and being there for others. And your heart is so evident, just so you know, you can tell that you are a sincere, genuine person. And to, for a woman, I think any woman would say this, to see someone who is as stunning and beautiful on the outside as you are, to see that beauty so grounded on the inside, it's just, it's shining, Shabby. So keep shining, my friend, because it's beautiful to see. Girl power, honestly, I really, we, you know, it's time for us to support each other in everything. There's enough for all of us. There's enough space. There's enough room. And everybody brings something unique and wonderful to the table. And I just love to see it. I love to see the ceilings being shattered. I love to see entrepreneurial women or women just following their passion. It's so exciting to me. And I love that part. And, you know, that that really is inspiring. That, again, and makeup. Maybe I'll buy myself a lipstick. You should buy a lipstick too. Yes, you should. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to follow you and cheer you on. And thank you for ending on that note where it is girl power and about all of us being there for each other and that there's space and room for everybody. There really is. And so uh, that was the most encouraging closing to this beautiful conversation. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to chatting with you again. Yes, please. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.